This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. It's so good to have you with us. My name is Sam, and I'm joined by Richard Blackaby. Good to be with you again, Sam. It's always a pleasure. And uh, today we're looking at uh, another leadership topic. Yeah. Uh, if you've been around for any period of time, we're glad to have you back. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Welcome aboard. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We, we talk leadership stuff, and uh, every once in a while we'll throw in uh, a, a book review, or we may have an interview. We're hoping to do more interviews yeah. this year, in fact, uh, with some of our friends and, and other leaders. And, uh, and we also do leadership profiles. And, uh, but today we're looking at just uh, some practical ways uh, for you to take your leadership to the next level. So Richard, tell us what we're looking at today. Well, I, I, it's kind of an interesting topic. I just call it Leaders Don't Panic. Okay. Uh, and one of the things I've seen historically and then with various people that I've walked with uh, is that leaders oftentimes in the normal course of the day can be leading fairly well, seeing some progress and having some success. And then a problem arises, mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, opposition or criticism, or maybe it's a financial downturn. Uh, and leaders uncharacteristically then hit the panic button. They, yeah. they it, in a sense, they they don't think things through. They they rush they their decisions. React. Yeah. They react. They uh, they bail out sometimes. They sell off. They quit. They walk away. They say things they regret, and they undo in just a few moments of panicked uh, reaction. Uh, perhaps even years of pretty solid leadership. And, uh, and, and sometimes that, that panic button can be the undoing of people. And I, it happens in different ways. I've, for instance, I've known, I've walked with a number of pastors that uh, felt led by God to come to their church or their ministry. They were faithfully plugging away, doing everything they could to get the church turned around. And then all of a sudden they get accosted by maybe a group of deacons who want them to quit or they... they threaten them or a leading donor says, I'm going to give you trouble if you don't move on. Or, And uh, I can't tell you how many people, uh, pastors have told me that they just quit. They mm. just said, uh, well, I don't want my family to go through this, or it looks like it could get ugly. Uh, I'm, I'm really shocked that uh, people feel this way. So yeah. maybe I just need to leave. If that's and, the way this church is, then I want no part of it. Yeah. And so they, they leave. And then I, can, I can't tell you how many people have done that. And a year, maybe two years goes by and they don't have another job. And that now they're coming back and saying, you know, I need, I, Richard, you know, any churches, any places that are hiring? I, I had no idea that I'd be unemployed this long. And I, and sometimes I want to say, well, you, you didn't have to quit. <laughs> you didn't, I mean, it was, it was a problem you're facing. It was difficult. It was unpleasant, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but that's what leaders do. Leaders address unpleasant, difficult problems. Uh, they yeah. address opposition. They, they overcome issues that, that rise up. And when your greatest challenge as a leader came, you panicked and you quit. You walked away. You didn't want to have to face it. I see this uh, with, with business leaders as well. Maybe it's a downturn. And, you know, I work, as I've shared many times, with some top, top uh, Christian CEOs. And it was interesting, back in 2008, I was uh, talking to one of these guys, and I said, well, 
I keep hearing on the news all these panels of experts talking about uh, hunkering down and trying to survive. Uh, and you, you're, of course, people are shutting down right and left and lay, laying off staff and so on. And I said, so w- what's your take on that? And of course, I'm dealing with some of the highest level, some of the most successful business leaders, but they said, boy, this is a great uh, time of opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, that's not what I'm hearing on the news. They'd say, well, yeah, you wouldn't hear it there, but a lot of those people aren't real leaders. They're commentators, but but, uh, these guys are saying we... uh, With every crisis, there are opportunities. While everyone else is selling off, that's when we're buying. Uh, And uh, when, when others are are letting go of their best staff. We're getting rid of the deadwood. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're purging people that would have had difficulty getting rid of at other times. And, and, uh, there are some people that when the crisis comes, they're actually improving their organization. Hmm. Uh, they're rising to another level as a leader. Uh, instead of panicking, uh, they're actually making some course corrections and, uh, making their company stronger. And when the crisis inevitably passes, which they always do, mm-hmm. uh, then their organization's in better shape than it was before. Yeah. So I, I just wonder what, uh, if you could tell us what are some, some reasons why a leader would, would feel tempted to, to hit that panic button or to have that pressure to overreact to a situation? Well, uh, of course, anytime a crisis comes, there's always people that just have that tendency in the first place. And it could be your your vice presidents, it could be your, your direct reports, other colleagues. There's always people that are panicking. Yeah. Uh, there are always people overreacting. And of course, today, if you watch the news, there's always just one panel of experts after another on the news that are giving you the worst case scenario. Yeah. They're always trying to say, well, potentially this could happen. There could be World War III could happen. Uh, there could be a complete meltdown. Uh, people could lose all of this. Uh, and of course, that is perhaps uh, a remote possibility, but uh, most of the time it's not likely. Yeah. Uh, but there's always some they are going to imagine the worst. And there will always be voices speaking up to the to the leader saying, aren't you going to do something about this? And of course, yeah. uh, and with social media today, they tend to, it tends to, uh, dramatize everything. There's always, uh, there's always a catastrophe uh, looming at large yeah. and, uh, leaders are being constantly told you can't be irresponsible. You need, you're in charge. You, uh, everyone's looking to you to do something and uh, leaders often feel the pressure. Uh, well, everybody's worried. Everybody's concerned. I guess I need to do something. Everybody's asking, what are you going to do? Do you think that's, that's part of it is the doing, like you just feel that you're not being a leader unless you're acting. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. to not act is, you know, maybe seen as a, a, a dereliction or, of duty. Yeah. I mentioned that when we did a profile on Eisenhower, uh, one of the, at one point, uh, he was uh, being pressured because he wanted he wanted to gather all the facts, uh, and, and sometimes he probably waited too a little too long, or he right. maybe wanted to get too much information. But uh, <clears throat> but he was he was asked one time why he did that, and he he made a very uh, memorable statement. He said, "I I don't want to make any mistakes in a hurry." He yeah. said, I, I'm not immune from making mistakes, but I, I don't want to make a mistake just because I was hurrying. I was in a rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I found in I'll, I'll, when I am advising leaders, especially when I'm working with CEOs and top leaders, is that if you're the CEO, 
you typically control a lot of the time frame. You, you don't let other people hijack your uh, authority as a leader. You decide when to do a layoff. You decide when to take out a loan. You, you decide when to, to stop an activity. You're ultimately in charge. Don't let other people start hijacking the timetable and mm -hmm. say, well, you have to do something today. You have to make a statement today. You have to talk to this person today. As a leader, realize you, you take control of what you can. Don't, yeah. uh, don't renege on things that, uh, that are in your, your control. And so a lot of times when I see, when I'm working with someone that's beginning to panic and feel like they've got to do something, I'll stop and say, well, why do you feel you need to do something now? Yeah. Why do you feel you've got to make some uh, statement now when you don't have all the facts yet? You don't know how things are going to play out yet. Um, do you really have to decide today? Do you have more time than that? But the problem is we, we listen to those around us that try to and and oftentimes it, it's no skin off their nose if you make the wrong choice if, yeah if you panic uh uh it's not going to necessarily affect them uh i i remember reading of a time with george washington during the revolutionary war where one of his generals faced the british and just basically crumbled he he saw the british coming and he panicked and his soldiers were fleeing and and and, and all-out retreat, and George Washington rode up on the scene and was appalled at what he saw. And now the general, he saw all these uh, regiments of British soldiers marching in, in, in uh, formation and fearlessly coming at him and uh, just felt like his men didn't have a chance, and, and so he was giving up. But Washington saw the bigger picture. He knew that his men could take these. Uh, they were in a good position. And so he came in and turned everything around. He, he was hollering at the soldiers and cursing at them and uh, yeah. getting their attention and saying, look, just turn around. Like, you can take these guys today. We can win this, this battle. And ultimately they did uh, on, on that occasion. And uh, the same situation, you know, the two different generals taking yeah. a look at the very same field, but one just saw the problems and assumed that the only alternative was retreat, escape, yeah. run. Another general, a superior general, looked and saw the bigger picture and realized, I don't have to hit the panic button here. We're, this is not all over. We actually can still bring victory out of this. Uh, but mm. but he, saw the, he saw the whole picture and he saw it more clearly and he didn't hit the panic button right away. He didn't just call for an immediate retreat. Um, and I just find that for some leaders, if they just stayed in the battle a little bit longer, if they just... Uh, reconnoitered the whole battle uh, area, they would have realized, you know what, there, we do have some resources. We do have some other options. Uh, mm. Failure, quitting, abandoning this effort, uh, giving up, quitting my job is not the only option I've got here. And uh, for many people that I've worked with over the years, I've often thought if they just stayed in the game a little bit longer, things were turning around. They didn't even notice, but momentum was changing. Yeah. Uh, they had some new people with them that could have helped them. There were, there were some uh, trends that were turning in their favor, but, uh, but they, they quit too soon. And so they, they forfeited all the work and all the progress that they had already made. And, and that's one of the values of history is that when you, when you look at history, you realize that uh, things that people panicked about in the past turned out not to be so bad. You know, yeah. I, 
And of course, I don't want to get too much into politics right now because it's so uh, polarized. But uh, when Ronald Reagan was elected president, boy, I tell you what, uh, the opposition cried out, this is the end of the world. I mean, America is going to go straight to war. He's a warmonger. He's nothing but a, a bad actor that's now running the country. and <laughs> He doesn't know how to run a government. Uh, he just he's uh, just wants to go fight the Russians, and we're going to end up in a nuclear war. This uh, uh, this not not that bright uh, president that can't do much. And uh, I tell you what, if you read the press back then, you'd think that you might as well get a bomb shelter built because we're going to be in the midst of a nuclear holocaust with this uh, inept, egotistical, shallow uh, Hollywood actor that's running the country. I mean, could things get worse than that? Mm. Well, of course. Looking back from history, if you if you'd read those panels, if you listened to those panels of experts back in the eighties, uh, you would have thought it, it's all over. Like we, this is the worst president we've ever elected. Like we're we're headed straight for a nuclear war. Uh, this guy can't lead. What what have we done? We need to get rid of this guy somehow. Um, but of course, things didn't turn out that way. Um, he did lead well. Uh, actually, was responsible for bringing an end to the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, without a nuclear holocaust <laughs> occurring. And today, uh, his reputation continues to grow and his uh, ranking as uh, one of the best presidents in American history keeps on increasing. Uh, and so then when you see the same things said about other people elected, well, this is the end of the, the known world as we know it. And uh, <clears throat> things are going to fall apart. And this is horrible. And you say, well, you know what? This has been said a number of times and it's never been that way. It doesn't mean that there aren't problems. It doesn't mean that some presidents aren't better than others. Uh, it doesn't mean that there aren't issues that will have to be addressed. But when you when you, when you cry wolf over and over again, and then history says, but it the wolf didn't actually come. <laughs> it was, it yeah. appeared yeah. like it might be on its way, but the wolf never came. So when people are crying wolf wolf again, history tells us maybe we don't need to hit the panic button yet. And yeah. anyone who's ever seen an economic downturn knows that they don't last forever. That yeah. if you have positioned yourself well, if you've got some cash reserves, if you, there's there's a, a contingency plan and so on, we can wait this out. We're not sure how long it'll take. Uh, it may be a little bit unique uh, from other downturns, but there are some similarities to a lot of these cycles in the American economy, the world economy. Uh, and history tells us we can see this through. Church history says the same thing. It's uh, problems happen in churches. They've been happening for 2,000 years. Yeah. Uh, there's no new sin under the sun. There's uh, things happen, but um, but there's lots of church history to say there's ways to respond to this. Uh, you can't guarantee the outcome, but uh, but there's lots of track record to say this has happened many times before. And uh, and so do we need to hit the panic button? I I see this. I know you're kind of going through some challenges with uh, your little daughter right now, mm -hmm. uh, uh, trying to just help her to sleep and get in a regular pattern. Well, that's that's not new. <laughs> that's not <Yeah. laughs> that's not groundbreaking, you know, uh, issue that's never been dealt with before. And you, it doesn't mean you don't have to pay the price uh, to, you know, listen to some crying and and making some tough stands with your little baby there to learn how to be on a schedule, but. But it's it's happened many many times before. You know how it's going to turn out, yeah. and and so you know I I see people in in all kinds of leadership positions um, 
worried sick at times. You know, well, my child is not doing well in spelling in first grade. Is he going to ever make it to university? <laughs> it's like, well, you know what? That's that's just leadership in the home. Like that, that lots of kids have struggled with spelling in first grade, but that didn't mean that any reflection on their potential to be a university student years later. Uh, and so leaders do well to know their history and yeah. they realize maybe I don't need to panic quite yet. Uh, and, uh, and so look and see how it's been done before, how other people have dealt with this and realize I probably have more time uh, to respond than I thought I did. Hmm. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Whether at home, on the job, or in the ministry, we can all have a greater impact on the world around us for the kingdom of God. Join Richard Blackaby at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove to learn about increasing your spiritual influence on April 6th through the 8th, 2020. Space is limited, so register soon at the link in the show notes. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. Well, Richard, we we see that panic is probably never the <laughs> the option that a leader no, should take should never really be in any <laughs> yeah in any situation they should really never panic um and uh, if that's your inclination as a leader to to panic or to overreact to a situation could you maybe just share a few things um that you have found help leaders not overreact and not yeah. panic so when you do face that situation where it seems like panic is the only option uh, what can we what can we rely on to to not choose that option? I, I you know I would say first of all just panic implies that you you're not thinking anymore you're not looking at any other options at this point it's like I've just got to quit I've got to just uh, sell the company I've got to just shut this down uh, and it's saying I'm not even going to consider any other responses this is in desperation I just need this to end I I'm giving up basically. And that's never uh, a great, a good response uh, uh, for a leader. A leader should always take time to consider what are my options, what's the best choice to make here. So yeah. it's never good to panic. There are times when there are deadlines. Uh, there are times when you do only have so much time, and then an opportunity is missed. You, uh, if you don't sell your company by this time, then the offer is off the table. So uh, there are times where you you may have to make a decision fairly rapidly. Uh, but even in that time, don't panic in the sense of shutting your mind down. Yeah. That might mean you pull some all-nighters while you're getting some research done and you're calling around and getting advice and counsel. But uh, uh, but that's different than panicking. That's saying, okay, I've got so much time. Uh, what? How much can I get done in that time I've got? And And you can always question the deadline. Like I said, if you're the CEO, sometimes don't let other people impose deadlines on you when you actually have a lot more to say. Uh, and I've had people at times say, well, I've got this job offer. I, uh, they said, I have until next Monday to, to let them know, but uh, I'm still torn. I'm still divided, but Monday's coming. Um, what should I do? I, I've got to, I'm, I'm panicking here. I, I, I've got to make a decision. Yeah. And I would say, well, if you're in a panic mode, probably maybe good to just let it pass and say, listen, I know you said I have till Monday. I need to ask for three more days. Um, uh, I need to do some more due diligence. And if they say no, uh, 
that's it, then that may tell you then you probably were wise to let it pass. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the times when you ask for more time, they'll say, well, okay, we could probably do that. And here you were panicking, uh, thinking <laughs> you had to decide by Monday, and now you yeah. got till Thursday. Uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes there are deadlines, and if that's the case, you still don't respond in panic, but uh, uh, make the best use of the time you have. Uh, and I'd also say once you do know uh, what to do, don't drag out unnecessarily the time. I know some people that go the other way. They take too long. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, instead of panicking, they're dragging it out and opportunities are being lost. I would, I would say take as long as you need until you have the facts necessary. But at a certain point, you have the facts. Yeah. These are the facts. Decide. Here's the issues. Now I can stare at them for another 10 days, but I already know what the facts are. Now I just need to decide. And so uh, ultimately, when leaders have the facts, they do need to make decisions. They do need to decide. And so sometimes people, I think, wait too long when uh, they basically have all the information they necessary to make a wise choice. Uh, and as I said, I, I, would, I would take uh, control of the process. Uh, oftentimes we panic because we think we're out of control. Uh, that's part of why we're panicking is we think someone else is, uh, or a situation or circumstance. Yeah. Is well, we don't control. have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had to leave. I, and I've had people say that to me. I had to sell the company. I, I had to quit. Well, did you have to quit? What if you hadn't quit? What would have happened? Well, well, I don't know. I, well, then if you don't know, maybe, maybe you didn't have to quit. Uh, yeah. They wanted you to think that you didn't have any options. Oftentimes, if you're dealing with opposition and critics, they want you to think that you don't have any other choice but yeah. to walk away. They prefer you panic. Yeah, and they'd be delighted if you just go ahead and panic. And uh, and, and I've had that. I've had uh, I've had lawsuits uh, face uh, organizations and and threats of legal action. And you and they just want you to panic. They just want you to pay up. Yeah. We uh, when when I led a school, we we had our, our tax bill tripled. And basically, we're told that you had no choice. There's, there's, you can appeal, but it's not going to do you any good. Just, just pay up. And you, you, they hope that you'll just kind of panic and say, well, we've got no choice. we just got to pay this bill that's three times what it was last year without any justification. Uh, and uh, especially when you get letters from lawyers, they, they, they want to be as imposing as they can to you. Yeah. Uh, and I've just learned the uh, don't, hey, I'll get a lawyer and I'll write them a letter. <laughs> it's not, I don't have to panic yet. There's a long process uh, before something's decided here. Uh, I've just learned with experience that uh, th sometimes they want you to hit the panic button because then you don't think, you don't consider your options. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say take control of the process, uh, get advice, seek legal counsel, financial counsel, talk to wise uh, prayer leaders. Uh, spiritual mentors and say, hey, I'm facing this right now. I, I, I'm not seeing a lot of options, but I'm, I'm suspecting there must be some. Uh, and can you help me with that? And certainly, I think, not to minimize this in any way, but uh, take time to pray. Uh, I, there are times where I've, I've been tempted to hit the panic button. I'll, I'll confess, there's times my heart's been racing. I've been sitting in my office trying to think, what do I do here? Do I have any choices? Um, and, but when you pray, God has a way of giving you his peace. The spirit mm. of God guards your heart, uh, gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. And I've had times where I just had to stop and pray and think, I, my mind's not even thinking right here. I'm just, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm just trying to just do a, a sort of a gut level response. And I, I don't think that that's right. 
Um, but when I pray, all of a sudden, I just get a, a peace, a calmness. My mind becomes more clear. Uh, and of course, when you're panicking, you're not thinking clearly. You're, right. not, you're not considering options and possibilities. And so uh, when you pray, God just has a way of slowing things down. Uh, we often talk with people about if you're the if you're the leader, just slow the process down. Oftentimes, you don't have to be in nearly as much of a hurry as you think you do. And so, when you pray, God has a way of just slowing things down, and God has a way of helping you remember what really matters. Uh, there's times when I think some business leaders have cut too deeply, uh, laying off staff and longtime loyal employees that were sent into financial ruin because a financial a, a leader panicked and cut too deeply and mm-hmm. hurt people unnecessarily. They didn't have to hurt people that badly. There, there were other ways to respond. Uh, there were more humane ways uh, to deal with personnel, but they felt that they had to just do something right away. And I find that when you pray, God can give you the wisdom. You, you may have to make some tough decisions, but there's also a way to do it that uh, doesn't hurt people as much as doing it a different way. And the Spirit of God, I, I, I can't overstate uh, uh, how much helpful prayer is. And I'm not just talking about running a church. I'm talking about running a, a publicly traded company. God yeah. can help you as you pray uh, to, to respond wisely to people. And, and there's times, for instance, where maybe one of your direct reports just had an emotional blow-up in a team leading me, a team meeting, and uh, your first response is, uh, well, they were disrespectful to me. I've got to come down on that. I've got to assert my authority. I can't have people being insubordinate like that. Uh, you, you suddenly panic to think, I've got to take some kind of strong uh, response to let people know I'm still in charge here. But uh, you might pray and God might say, this person's marriage is falling apart. This person just found out their child is addicted to drugs uh, yesterday. Uh, cut them some slack. It's not... It's not a power issue here. It's not uh, about your authority right now. It's about, are you a caring organization that, that is concerned about hurting staff and employees? And But sometimes our gut level response is, I've got to respond to this. I've yeah. got to be in charge. I've just been uh, disrespected and that, that requires a response. And when you pray, sometimes God will just help you see there's underlying causes. Uh, that's that. That's just a symptom. Um, there's mm-hmm. a, a deeper level. There's a a cultural response that will say, "Hey, we're the kind of place that cares about people," and so on. And so, um, and I and the last thing I would just say is just always take the high road. Uh, just make that a guiding principle that even if you're in a panic state, ask yourself what's the high road. Sometimes quitting in a huff. Firing off uh, a vindictive letter to all the people that you're mad at as you walk out the door uh, <laughs> may feel good at the moment, but I know a lot of people who regret how they handled the crisis that uh, caused them perhaps to leave their uh, organization or to quit or whatever. Um, and I would just say, ask yourself, is this the high road? If I've got, and I may make a mistake, I may not know all the, the facts, but at least with based on what I know, what would be the high road to take here in personal relationships, in conducting the company and managing my own career? What can I look back later on and be proud of that I, I, I walked out or I stayed with integrity? And uh, I, I, I always advise leaders, lead in such a way that you minimize your regrets. 
Hmm. Uh, you don't want to live a life with a bunch of regrets, wishing you could do it, have a do-over. And so the best way to do that is just at those crossroads where you do have to make a decision, aim to aim high, yeah. uh, take the high road. You, you're not going to regret that. You, you, you may some things may have been out of your control. You, you, you didn't, you couldn't uh, control everything, but you could control your response. And yeah. so don't base your life on a bunch of panic decisions that you regret later once things calm down and you realize it, it, it wasn't as bad as it seemed at the time. And uh, I wish uh, if I had I known that I wouldn't have acted that way. Hmm. Well, prepare yourself ahead of time to act in a way that's uh, noble and uh, honorable so that uh, you don't have to wish you could have done it yeah. differently later. And remember, don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.